produced by the iLab at WBUR Boston. Welcome to Kind World. I'm Yasmin Ammer. And I'm Andrea Aswahe. Yasmin, I'm so lucky to have some incredible friends who came into my life at the exact moment when I needed them the most. Yep, shout out to my best friend from middle school who helped me get through all those awkward years, and that definitely became a lifelong friendship. Yeah, and I think what makes it extra special is when that kindness and compassion they show really solidifies their place in your life. They become family. And this week, I've got a story about a chance meeting between two completely different people that turned into a very special friendship. And I'll let 26-year-old Timothy Tucker and 65-year-old Lynn Ellen Friedman tell us their story. We were at Midway Airport in Chicago. It was 9-11-2011. I was flying out of Midway because I used to fly with Southwest a lot back then. We're sitting there. We got there early. I see like three or four girls crying. So I walk over to one of the girls and I said, are you okay? Can I do anything? Why are you crying? And she said, he's going to Afghanistan. And I said, who? And they point to this kid and I'm thinking, he's 12 years old. I sat down first because, you know, they call for um, active duty military. So then I was part of like the advanced boarding group. We get on the plane and this kid's got headsets on, chewing gum, leaning his head against the window and really looking like he wants to have zero conversation with two middle-aged people sitting next to him whatsoever. She sat down next to me and she started chatting my ear off. He told us he was going to Afghanistan in like 10 days or something. And of course, my heart was beating so fast. Then she had gone into detail about how she helped out at a an elementary school in downtown L.A., and that's when she had suggested initially that um, maybe if we exchanged contact information, then she could have the students at the elementary school uh, write me letters while I was deployed. And the next day I got an email from him saying that, you know, hi, this is Timothy Tucker, you met me on the plane. And he said, well, I'm interested. And I said, okay, I'll go back to the school and I'll, you know, see what we can do. She's got this electrifying personality where, you know, I really, I really enjoyed talking to her. And it seemed very apparent to me that it wasn't just a chance occurrence that she would sit next to me and be so forward and be so open. Like, if I could help this one person, that maybe I could just somehow protect him and keep him okay, knowing that somebody other than his family was thinking of him. Once we got into Afghanistan, it was a mind on a a million other things. We made big poster boards, and we put hearts on them and flags and stars, and we hung them up all over the school. And the kids wrote some of the most endearing, hysterical letters you have ever read. Dear Timothy, 
Are you coming to our Halloween party in Crescent Heights? You could be probably a soldier. I'm so Dear Timothy, you. I am writing you this letter to tell you some questions and about my life. Dear Timothy, I am glad Mrs. Lynn met you or I would not be writing you this letter. You should be glad to be a soldier because you would not be known in the entire world. Dear Timothy, I'm writing this letter to tell you that I don't want you to die at all, so I hope you survive for many years and help America. I hope you come next year and pass it on to others and don't let us down at all. We want to live! And Crescent Heights, too! Thank you, Timothy Tucker, and help the USA. It was just a humbling moment to know that there were all these people that were very ready to, you know, show us love and support. I think I got a letter that he was coming back and he was going to be in L.A. And I asked him, do you think you could come to the school? And he said, absolutely. I thought it was a a cool idea because then, you know, these kids could finally have a put a face to the name that um, that they were sending all these letters to and he came to school and all I could do was cry you're home you're safe you're home and just cry she was trying very hard to contain herself but she was uh, failing miserably it was really quite a touching scene to see all of these children couldn't wait to see Timothy Tucker. He was like their hero. I was overwhelmed, to say the least. And then he's in Virginia now, and I'm so glad of the direction he's gone into, this aerospace engineering. He's matured. He's really matured. You know, no more tattoos. I don't know if I could ever adequately express my gratitude because I didn't have anybody else that was putting in that same effort and that same kind of time. She'll be at my wedding. She's going to be my kids. I don't hesitate to claim her as as a member of my family. We have met in this universe for a reason. Whether it's come to pass yet, I don't know, but it's there. We'll have more Kind World after the break. Welcome back to Kind World. I'm Yasmin Ammer. And I'm Andrea Aswahe. Yasmin, it was so much fun to tell Tim and Lanellen's story. They are both so charismatic and friendly and funny. And I just loved listening to those letters from the kids. They are also hilarious. Just hysterical. And we didn't get to go into this too much in the story, but Lynn Ellen and the kids at Crescent Heights, they didn't just write and send care packages to Timothy during his first deployment. Timothy went to Afghanistan a second time, and they answered the call again. How cool. 
school. So they would send them letters and the snacks and all the stuff that they've been sending. Yeah, yeah, exactly the same. And now Timothy and Lynn Ellen are best friends. And it all started with a connection and some small but significant gifts. It really is the little things that matter. And speaking of the little things, I want to share this story from one of our listeners. Her name is Tammy Spring, and she's a 49-year-old mother of two daughters who lives in Denver. And she told me this story from 10 years ago that still sticks with her to this day. She was living in Ashburn, Virginia at the time, and her then 8-year-old daughter, Allie, had just been diagnosed with strep. So I don't know if you've ever had strep. I've had strep. Yeah, it's just, it's terrible. (laughs) It's awful. But in this instance the young girl's immune system overreacted to the strep bacteria and it ended up causing swelling in her brain. So here's Tammy talking about what happened. She woke up one day and just, she just wasn't herself. And she moved differently in the way that her hands were. Her eyes were dilated. She was totally sensitive to light. And She had this debilitating anxiety and some OCD about how she could go out, who she could be around, things like that. I have never heard of this before. So Tammy has this perfectly healthy young daughter. Her behavior changes completely overnight after a strep infection. I mean, how is that even treated? So for a long time, Andrea, doctors weren't even really sure what to do. They first treated her for your common strep symptoms, so, you know, with just antibiotics. And they never really linked the infection to the changes in her brain. So when Allie's behavior didn't improve, again, because she's not getting the right treatment, doctors threatened to institutionalize Allie for her behavior, meaning for mental health issues. It was like that for two years. Wrong diagnosis, wrong treatment. I can't even imagine how long those two years must have felt. What happened? So Tammy finally found a doctor who was able to diagnose Allie with an autoimmune disorder called PANDAS. It's where the body's immune system attacks healthy cells. Then when the doctor gave her the right diagnosis, she started giving her the right treatments and medicines. But even with that relief, things were really tough. By that time, Tammy had lost her job at a startup because she had to stay home to take care of her daughter. The family felt isolated and stretched. But then something happened. It was around Christmas time, and one night, Tammy hears footsteps on the porch and the doorbell ringing. And we we opened the door, and there was a package on the doorstep. And it had some, um, a basket with some pears, and it had a little partridge ornament in it. And we were just so delighted and so surprised um, and thought that was really cute. And then the next day, there was another ding-dong, you know, ditch where they rang the doorbell and they ran away. And they left another little gift. Mind you, these weren't major gifts, just thoughtful little things like chocolates, handwritten notes, and poems. But Tammy and her daughter, Allie, say it was incredibly meaningful. Allie is 18 now, she's perfectly bright and healthy, and she's able to manage her autoimmune disorder, which she has to live with for the rest of her life. She's heading off to college soon, but she still remembers how those little gifts made her feel all those years ago. I just remember being, like, super excited. Like, every night I'd, like, run out and see, like, this little basket of stuff. It was just, like, ooh, Christmas joy before Christmas. And it was just really nice to, like, have people, like, around you, like, care. I love this. It's just so sweet. So were they ever able to find out who was behind this? Tammy suspects. In fact, she's 
pretty sure that it was several of her neighbors taking turns to surprise her and Allie. She's heard some familiar giggling a few times on the porch, but she's never actually caught them red-handed, and she's never been able to get them to fess up, even after all of these years they took this long vow of silence. Still, those mystery gift givers must have left such a big impression on the family. I mean, they're still talking about it, and it was 10 years ago. It's amazing how these little things can mean so much. Absolutely, because those little things sent a very important message to Tammy and her daughters. And that was that they weren't alone. There was a whole neighborhood looking out for them. Thanks so much to listener Tammy Spring for sharing your story with us. And hey, we'd love to feature your story of kindness. You can send us an email or voice memo to kindworld at wbur.org or leave us a voicemail, 617-353-6350. That's 617-353-6350. Kind World is a production of WBUR, Boston's NPR station. Paul Vikas and Matt Reed do our sound design, and Iris Adler is our executive producer. And an extra special thanks to Hugh, Nate, Joey, and Catherine, our excellent letter readers in our story about Tim and Lynn Ellen. I'm reporter and producer Andrea Aswahe. And I'm reporter and producer Yasmin Amr. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button on your Kind World feed. And if you need a good detox from the week, we've got you covered. Sign up for our Saturday weekly newsletter called The Care Package on our website, wbur.org slash kindworld. We'll see you next week.